Warning. Elements of real-world religion are used in this podcast to serve the purposes of a work of fiction. They are to drive the drama forward and are not intended to be taken as a statement of opinion by the players. Thank you for listening. Uh, and so that's where we open the session as the burning remnants of Fort Windsor are uh, silhouetting you and you stand out in front of the main gates with Luisa de Vega, who still has the cannonade and a couple of Union, or I keep saying Union, it's Federal, Federal attendees. Um, Jesus. With a, uh, a still warm cannon, uh, which they are covering now because the rain is still falling. Yeah. And they don't want to get cold rain on a hot cannon and crack the barrel. Yeah. And uh, you were standing now, you can hear the crackle, crackle, crackle of the fort. It's a bunch of pitch holding this thing together, so it goes up like a Roman candle, even in the rain. And uh, you now uh, have decided that you want to make your way back up to Redstone. And pursue Celestino Andreas. There was a few, there were a few, few things I want to tie up though. Okay. I wanted to give the egg to Meritari's tribe. Yep. Mm. I thought you'd already done that. I mean, if we want, if you want to do it that way, where I did it somehow. I'm comfortable retconning in between story yeah. things. That's cool. Uh, so that's done. Cool. Mm. And um, yeah, I already told you the rest that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Right now is not the time to do it. So okay. No problem. Sounds good. So, Luisa de Vega, uh, upon hearing your discussions and deciding to go to Redstone, uh, is more than happy to offer wagon space to you. And at this point, we don't need the spooky music. We can go to something a little more upbeat. I thought that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good burning. <laughs> right, well, now you're leaving the burning fort behind you. But he offers you wagon space because that's where he's supposed to be taking this fucking cannon anyway. So he says once the barrel is cool enough that they can transport it without needing to put a prop over it, uh, they are ready to hit the road, and their pack animals are still fairly fresh. Sounds good. He's got yeah. to get his deposit. <laughs> uh, at this point, as a reminder, <laughs> everybody is level four. Uh, you may take a long rest while he waits for the barrel to cool down, and you will have your full hit points and healing surges. Uh, in addition to that, everyone has a point of inspiration because Doc, at this point, uh, recites his poem to you all. That's right, yeah. And then uh, he rides off. Peace! He needs some time to realize that the supernatural is real and things have gotten really fucked up in his life. Right mm. Totally threw him off his game. He thought he was so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his exact words. I'm too smart. This is exactly what I said. You can be. I'm Jack. I'm the horse. <laughs> it says I choo choo choose you, and there's a picture of a train. Me on smart pass and pass. Oh, I bet my monkey. <laughs> all right. That's all real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so about half of Luisa de Vega's retinue has been killed both in the ambush from earlier when the Confederates tried to steal the gun mm. and from your assault on the Confederates using the gun. And so they do not have a full staff uh, trying to drive this thing. They've got a single guy who can drive the wagon, which is Luisa de Vega, mm-hmm. uh, which means you guys are going to have to help out in terms of the sort of traveling through the wilderness aspect of moving a cannon. Is driving an animal handling check? Driving would be an animal handling check. Okay. Uh, and then somebody with some knowledge of, um, uh, like, wheel writing or anything like that, anybody with some sort of engineering knowledge, basically, would probably want to keep an eye on the wheels and on the path that you're taking to make sure that you're not going through, like, rocky terrain that's going to break the wagon wheels, particularly something as heavy as a cannon. I got none of that. But I'll help out taking shifts with the animal handling checks. Okay. So that sounds like we have one job filled. What each? Um, somebody needs to make a survival check as well to keep them on the right path. Navigating is a challenge for them. Uh, if anybody has um, proficiency in land vehicles, that would also be appropriate. Didn't know that was a thing you have proficiency in. Yeah, oh, yeah. soldiers get it. Soldiers get yeah, it. Nice. So be a soldier and go. Uh, I am not. Damn. Yeah. Plus, you already have a job. Yes, I do. Have a job. Um, so yeah, that's what we're gonna need. We need somebody to do survival for navigation. Uh, we need somebody who's going to make some type of an engineering-related role for the wagon. Uh, the skill used will determine the DC. Uh, and that means that there's somebody left to perform a perception check to prevent you from being further ambushed. 
Who well, wants to volunteer damn. for which jobs? They're all pretty useless. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where's Doc when you need him? Yeah, we can set some. <laughs> Doc has all of those skills. <laughs> hey, hey, one more thing, Doc. <laughs> Wait, get back here. I think he literally does have every single one of his skills. It's your kiss, Marty. Does setting the wagon on fire help? Because that's, <laughs> really, that's really all we're good at. Uh, and kill him. <laughs> I've got an okay wisdom score. I guess I'll, I guess I'll handle one of those wisdom thingies. So navigating and engineering. Navigating, engineering, perception. And we've already got the animal handling covered. Okay. Um, I'm useless. Suppose, suppose I will... I'm bad. I'm real bad. <laughs> well, maybe I can point out. Well, Giddy, you've got a great sense of memory. Perhaps we can use it to find our way back. Okay. Listen, all of my skills are in coming, not in going. <laughs> I suppose I'll take a look. I'll, I'll wing it on the engineering deal. Alright, so, you're gonna do the engineering, you're gonna do the navigation. Maybe I can sweep talkers ears into working better. <laughs> sure. Alright, uh, so Paul's got the tough order of the day, because I don't know what skill you want to try to sell me on for that. For? For, uh, navigate. Actually, no, he's doing the engineering. So, for you, it would be a survival check, or a nature check. I'd allow a nature check as well. All I know is that I handle the fuck out of some horses with a twenty. Whoa, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. They yeah. really like that. Uh, so Twenty-one. It's pretty banging. So. All right. And uh, Josh, what skill are you using for this? Uh, to, to just to keep an eye on that. You're doing the engineering somewhere. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't what other than perception? Uh, let's call it just a plain intelligence check. Okay, then fifteen. It's still pretty fucking good. Yeah. He's an observer of people. He's probably. I don't see shit. He's probably You're flying blind on a rocket cycle. You're <laughs> doing great. I probably learned enough by watching people who know what they're doing to appear like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> to the point where it actually looks like reality, you sort of actually do maybe, maybe the lie is becoming a little bit of reality. That's exactly what I think is happening. And so you head out on your way. Luisa de Vega takes the first shift at the reins. It takes about eight hours. He hands the reins off to you, and his ass starts to hurt, and he can't sit in that position anymore. He goes and lays down in the back of the wagon. Uh, at this point, they're not putting the cannon all the way back in the bed of the wagon like they'd originally transported it. Mm-hmm. They're leaving it on the chassis and just chaining it up so it rumbles around behind. Um, just to get some extra sleeping space because they know they need to make up some lost time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start heading out north. You take the reins. You are now at the front of the wagon. Uh, Levi is on horseback. Um, I think you brought your own horse, right? I believe so. Yeah. You're on horseback, and that's basically what you do. You just sort of like hang out with the wagon. You ride at the side of it at times, and the road's wide enough, or behind it when it's not. Then you keep an eye on the wheels and the mechanism under the wagon, and just make sure nothing's buckling, bending, or breaking. Um, and you do an excellent job at it. Gideon sits up in the front with you, is able to point out where you're going. Gideon's a smart kid, smarter than you thought, maybe. See the road? Follow the road. <laughs> if you get off the road, you're bad. <laughs> he, he probably just points out obvious things that maybe us adults don't notice. No, that's probably exactly it. Uh, and also the fact that he's looking at something from a lower vantage point just by being a shorter person mm-hmm. yeah. might be relevant to that. Uh, Temperance, on the other hand, you took a beating in that last encounter. I believe you were down to one hit point for most of it. I was, I was down to zero and then I went back to one. <laughs> we were both at one at the very end. Yeah. It was pretty horrible. So what winds up happening with you is um, they expect you to take a shift, but they also realize you're not really up to the task. So they try and pawn off like one of their little greener recruits to like help keep watch. Mm-hmm. Neither of you are especially good at it. In your case, it's because you're injured. In his case, it's because he's a chump. Mm-hmm. And as you are riding along, uh, there is a sort of a, a, I forget what it's called, but it's when the, the land goes up like this and then drops off like a small cliff. Is it um, an airy? It is not an airy, actually, because it's abrupt. Um, a half pipe? We understand. Sure, it looks like a half pipe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're describing. I, I know it's not the correct term. And uh, you do actually have to wheel the wagon slightly off-road to get it around this rise in the turf. <laughs> Gideon screams the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Uninterrupted. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and as you come around the corner... Uh, you do see that there is, on the opposite side of this sort of rise, uh, a small group of regimented people. And by regimented, I mean they are clearly just like townsfolk that are being forced to march for the first time. And there are two guys wearing uh, pressed Confederate uniforms that are trying to lead them. And uh, the people are like buying into it, but they're not very good at it. They don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of military discipline. So they're working with what they have. And uh, your wagon comes along 
it's like eight people with two confederate guys. And they appear to have not noticed you at this point. But you've got this big creaky heavy wagon and a cannon, and they just haven't even noticed. <laughs> Um, these Confederate gentlemen, anybody I recognize as potential bounty targets or anything? These look like, like uh, mooks. Ah, the mookiest of mooks. Yeah. Look who the mook. So who all can see them from where we're at? Uh, you and Gideon for sure, and uh, Levi's been around the side of the wagon. Levi can see them. I think you're probably in the bed of the wagon with your five. Yeah. Well, let's just creep, keep creeping along slowly and quietly. And hope for the best. Rather not have an altercation at this point. Is it possible to bypass them, given the layout? Uh, you can't go all the way around them, but you know, maybe if you were to obscure the fact that it's a wagon with a cannon in it, you could maybe sneak past. The alternative would be to not obscure the fact that it's a wagon with a cannon in it, and just see if they take off. Think you could talk some of them boys into surrender? I think so. Yes. If they can, if they talk to us, I am going to sort of dip. Sort of <laughs> dip. <laughs> uh, I am going to sort of hunker down in the bed. The wagons you can't quite see me from the okay from the land. Just in case you have to do some killing. Yep. <laughs> I'm roast when I do. Killing. Killing and Taking hiding. Stuff. I stay up. <laughs> I stay up, stay up again. All right. Uh, yeah, Jed, Jed thinks we should try to intimidate some of these undisciplined slobs into uh, heading for the hills and then clean up whatever's left. Okay. That's his vote. Okay. So right now your wagon's about 200 feet away from them. That's within cannon range. <laughs> Everything is within cannon range. <laughs> if you're brave enough. They're firing the cannon from the back of the wagon just to propel it forward. forward. <laughs> Fire rocket boosters. <laughs> You reach 88 miles an hour, and now you're in present day. <laughs> Your wagon becomes a spell jammer ship. Change characters. <laughs> change, change places. Change places. Do you, by the way, do you have physical character sheets? Uh, if, you do, if you don't, don't worry about it. Not that. handy, but I can print one. If, if and when the opportunity comes up. Okay. <coughs> when somebody takes a bathroom break, I'll put one off. That sounds good. All right. All right. Uh, so you're like 200 feet away. Do you fall off the chair there, Brian? No, I dropped the die and I lean forward so it would have a backboard to bounce are, off. Are we gonna just are we just gonna pretty much run into them? It sounds like that's the plan. Um, then uh, if I if I have a moment, how do we explain the way the cannon? I don't I don't see we need to. We took it. Do we still have the Union people with us? A mm-hmm. couple of them. Yeah. Okay. Keep them hidden, out of sight. I will don my uh, my fancy gray coat. Oh, okay. All right. Is All right. it night? Uh, no, it's uh, at this point it's dawn. Okay. I know. Um, all right, then that being the case, I, I think I have a plan. Uh, I'll just be the wagon driver then. I'll be the silent type. Very good. And uh, Gideon, get in the back of the wagon with Templates. Okay. All right, you start rolling up, and you hear one of the Confederate guys, Hold! <clears throat> Turns to you. Yep. Full driver. Hail, gentlemen. Morning to you. Good morning. Whereabouts are you from? From? Well, I've been all over this great country, but I originally come from Texas. How about yourself, gentlemen? Uh, from Rose Ledge, most recently. How How goes things? How goes the struggle? Not well. And then the other Confederate guy sort of slaps him, and they look at the eight people, and one of the people well, sort of panicking. Well, don't fret, my friend. I think things are going to get a, get a little bit better. I, I ha- call it a feeling, and he kind of, I kind of just like pat the the cannon. Hmm. That's uh, that's a mighty fine gun you picked up there. It is indeed, and it was no small task to get it hitched up and move to a more worthy location. You got plans for it? I do. I plan to find the nearest auxiliary to our units and deliver it. After all, I don't think the Union people are going to miss it. Not until it shows up at their front door, at least. I was going to say, you're probably about to return it. About to return at least some of the ammunition. Uh, what are you implying, sir? 
<clears throat> Returning the ammunition to the Union people, i.e. firing at them. Oh, oh. Yes. He's joking around with you. Yes. <laughs> He's joshing with yeah. you, if you will. Uh, uh, <coughs> Levi Shackles. It's been a bit of a long Don't night. <clears throat> but yes. I, don't, I believe that once the once the commanders well, see me delivering it, then I will, uh, may receive a bit of the reward. I are in the rank, a bit of recognition, and perhaps the opportunity to lead a unit of my own. If you get like that, I think you make a very persuasive argument, sir. It is quite it is quite the icebreaker. <laughs> Give me a deception check with advantage. With the accent, I thought he said icebreaker. <laughs> That's what he said, too. Does that, too. <laughs> I kind of look at you silently and go... <laughs> well, I crit. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Okay, so you like critically a, asked. So that's like a, like a twenty six for me, I think. Oh, it's almost there. I know. <laughs> and my my initiative went up, so I can beat my own score now. It's a twenty six. That's bad. So yeah, it's a good thing I had advantage. Yep. This is uh, all right. Very well. Fall in, and he yells the sort of peasantry. And you roll up the hill past them. And they start marching behind you, and obviously they can't keep up with your wagon. Your wagon's going pretty Good hunting, man. They say, we were a sight for sore eyes. We'll see you at the landing. Indeed. You're a sight for sore ass. <laughs> Especially after all that ass breaking. <laughs> My god. <clears throat> Alright. <clears throat> I'd like a second round of checks from all you people who were doing checks before. Same thing. Same thing, unless you want to change jobs. No, I'll stay handling my animal. Ew. Same shit, different day. Um, I handle my animal, but not as well as I did the first time. That is a 16. 14 today. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I just wolfed it. Yeah. Big fail. <laughs> it's like five. Seven. You're still injured, I think. Probably. Right. It's in here, correct? Uh, it's in the far corner. Just past left. the stove. Left. Your other left. Mm -hmm. That's classic. It is. <clears throat> Alright. So Gideon, you have a little trouble navigating on this day because you're not following proper roads, you've been following like horse paths and things like that. And at one point it does divert into multiple paths and then divert again. And it starts to become kind of difficult to tell if you're even heading in the right direction. Damn redevelopment, I just can't understand <laughs> what they're doing anymore. <laughs> Uh, over some time, you start to feel like you're getting back, at least going in the right direction again. But you haven't re like rediscovered the primary path that you were on originally. So you're not really sure exactly whereabouts you are. You get turned around a little bit. But you're at least fairly confident you're going in the right direction. And that's when you see that there is a uh, fairly substantial like sinkhole-looking thing going on in the ground. And someone has erected a small wooden bridge that goes over the sinkhole. And it's small enough that, like, getting the wagon onto and over the bridge might be a bit of a challenge. It's wide enough, but you've got to drive it pretty damn accurately to get it to go in a straight line across this bridge. And the bridge is probably, like, maybe 15 feet long. How deep is this hole? Uh, from what you can see, it's at least four or five feet deep, but you're not right on top of it yet, so it's hard to tell. Someone won't take damage from falling there, but if the wagon falls in there, we're pretty much poor. You would take a d6 of damage for falling on there, at least. What's up? Can play a lot. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. So don't catch it with your groin. Yeah. <laughs> is, this our, is this ostensibly at least our only way forward? You can also try to get the wagon out, like, and around through some of the trees and stuff, but that's getting into some pretty treacherous ground, and you have doubts about the sturdiness of your wagon wheels if you attempt that route. Would it be feasible to have to unhitch the cannon, have the horse drag the wagon across first? then lead the horse back and haul the wagon as a separate load just to keep the entire weight of everything yeah. off yeah. the bridge. I suspect that would make driving the wagon you take, you take the, 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 the duck and the and wolf, the, and yeah. then you leave the wolf, and you take back the chicken, and then yeah. you bring the... If Jed, if Jed says that, Levi will say, good thinking. All right. So you on the edge of the cannon. Yep. Uh, who is tending the wagon as it makes its way over the bridge? Well, that would be an animal handling thing, right? Sounds like it. Okay, then I guess me. All right. Is anybody My stupid idea, food? I'll fall off the wagon. <laughs> Here's the falling off the wagon. Wait, Gideon, don't fall off the fucking wagon. Stay on the goddamn wagon. 
I'm scared to death of this hole. I ain't leaving this weapon. All right. You're trying to look at your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I I turn towards me now, so he has that judgmental look on his face. Because like, his eyes are lopsided, so it's like, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> This is the best duck. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I handle my animal right across the uh, right across the, right. the terrifying pit. Uh, All right, go for it. Levi, hey, before you roll, uh, Levi and Temperance, where are you? Are you staying with the wagon? Are you staying with the cannon? Um, where do you want Louisa to Vega? Why don't I help, Jed? Okay, so the three of you at least. Uh, well, actually, this will take him a while. Someone should stay behind your guard. I'll do that if you like. Right. I'm also going to stay off the wagon just to reduce the amount of... So you're going to hang back with the cannon? Yeah. Okay. Where do you want Louisa de Vega? We should put him in the cannon. We can shoot him across the gap. He doesn't like that idea. <laughs> he should stay with the cannon. Alright. So it's going to be just the two of you with the wagon. Makes sense. Since we're trying to keep the weight off the bridge. Okay. And if there's trouble, one of us can like yeah, run across the bridge. Yeah. yeah. Bridge okay. needs to go for a jog. Alright. I'm doing the animal handling. Yep. I crit. I wow. critically handle wow. an animal. Alright, uh, so you are sort of edging up to the bridge fairly slowly to line up the wagon wheels and make sure you've got it right on target. Uh, you get onto the wooden platform, the bridge bows a little bit, and the horses kind of press it down. You have to sort of urge them on a little bit. And now that you're right up on top of this hole, uh, it appears to be a hole that is uh, sloped. And at its deepest point, which is the point closest to your cannon side, mm. uh, it is maybe 16 or 17 feet deep. Oh, wow. And uh, it slopes up to maybe five feet deep on the opposite side. Uh, and you do see that there's, like, some lumps of debris and stuff down there. It smells pretty bad, like animals have been probably using this to shit in for a while. And you it get about... like chunks duster on a Friday night. You get about halfway across the bridge, and all of a sudden you see uh, a couple, like, large... Uh, green things, <laughs> like sausage shapes, grab onto the bridge, and the bridge gets forcibly lifted about four feet higher from that side, and you're now tilted backwards, and the horses are having trouble keeping the wagon where it's at. I scream like a little girl. And you hear, Are you a pantal? Oh. Hi, Kings. No. <clears throat> uh. And we see this happen, right? Yeah, you see the bridge go up. From where you guys are with the cannon, you know, you're probably 25, 30 feet away. And you see the whole bridge go up, and you see the horses panic, and the wagon sort of tilt a little bit on the bridge. What on earth is going on? Uh, I'm urging the horses forward. <laughs> hey, hey, come back. You gotta pay me. <laughs> uh, what, what price do you demand, whoever you are? Hungry. You're hungry? Yeah. How big is your hunger? You got some very fine horses. Is that yes. a Slim Jim? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, is, my, is my horse tethered to one of the, uh, it's not pulling. You've been the freely riding the, your own horse. They've got two horses pulling this wagon. Okay. That are the uh, federal guys' horses, and you've got your own horses with you. Well, to get us all across, why don't you take mine? Seems fair. Excellent. Pleasure doing business with you, sir. If you would let them across, I will bring mine right over for you to devour. Are you lying to him? Uh, no. Okay. Wow. Ooh. All right. Ah. Yeah. He uh, he lowers the bridge down. Fuck you are able horse. to uh, sturdy up the uh, the wagon. The wagon gets pulled across. The horses at this point are like tear asking across the bridge. Yeah. As far away from this as they can. Yeah. And up from the sinkhole, you see big knobbly fingers, and he pulls himself up, and it's this. Uh, the 12-foot-tall green humanoid figure with a long, bulbous nose. See, this is why I'm not lying. Dick Cheney. In boils. <laughs> but he's also wearing a big brown duster coat. Face. <laughs> which only comes down to about his waist. <laughs> and he's got a gigantic cowboy hat. We're talking like a four-foot-wide <laughs> hat. One of those novelty foam yeah. ones. That <laughs> it looks like a 10-gallon hat that they give you when you go to, like, uh, a Georgia Bulldogs game. It's, like, it's, it's, like, but it's like more like a 30 or 40-gallon hat. It's like a 40-gallon hat. It's a bathtub. <laughs> and he, he climbs out, and uh, you can see that he actually also has uh, pinned to the collar of his duster a gold chain that leads up to a monocle. And the monocle is, like, this big. <laughs> And in front of his eye, which is about this big, it looks completely ridiculous. <laughs> this, is, this is preposterous. 
Uh, he climbs out and he goes, Okay. <laughs> well, I'll chew a snappy dressing. Here you are. Thanks. And he pets the horse. Oh my god. <laughs> and he starts leading the horse down towards the sinkhole. <clears throat> what may we call you, by the way? I am Levi. Gug. Gug. Well, thank you for granting us safe passage. We'll be on our way. Safe travel. Thanks. <laughs> Friendly folk are on these parts. Okay, so I guess I'll have to share a horse with somebody. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it sounds like you're sharing one with Gug right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm hungry. Anybody want to split a horse? <laughs> some horse poppers? or? <laughs> if I were a horse, will everyone eat the horse? <laughs> Because I don't want to be the only one eating the horse. Yeah. I only get my horse boneless. <laughs> <laughs> boneless horse. You ride a boneless horse. <laughs> Carefully. <laughs> Not very fast. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it, thanks for giving up your horse like that. That was weird. It had to be done. Yeah, your, uh, your wagon rolls away. And as you're rolling away, you actually do see there's a couple more, like, smaller but still gigantic of these green humanoids sort of peeking out from the other trees. And when they see you right away, they over to the sinkhole. And then you can start to hear a loud neighing sound, and it stops very abruptly, and then some horrible, horrible feeding sounds. Yeah. But now, is, uh, now we gotta go back and get the cannon, though. We gotta go back over. Oh, they let you move with the cannon. Okay. He, he's shy. He waits for you to leave before he devours a horse. <laughs> so shy. That, that was horrible. He has an eating disorder. Doesn't eat in front of other people. Okay. That, if you look at it a certain way, Gideon, that horse saved our lives. I suppose it could have been us. Alright. Uh, along the way, you are also crossing over a small river. This river actually looks somewhat familiar to you, as you see a number of frog-like men hustling about on the shore. These guys, oh, these turds, yeah. Constructing a small little wooden perch. Got some reeds up, and they're like putting platforms on, and uh, they don't appear to have like nails or adhesives. So they're lashing things together with vines. It looks like they basically built a raft, and they prop up the raft on the reeds. It doesn't look very sturdy. Did I convince Gideon at one point that they eat kids? Mary yep. Tower, he did. Sorry, ah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the nightmare, fool bitch. <laughs> so uh, to have a bit of fun, Leah, I'll just be like, we better hide Gideon. I duck in the wagon. <laughs> Pat, you adults. Terrible. Can you roll around that marinade and base yourself a little bit? <laughs> we might have to make another trade. Get across. <laughs> now, Mr. Blackburn, you know he's perfectly sweet as he is. <laughs> <laughs> Levi is chuckling up a storm. <laughs> yeah, ever since coming back from the dead, his meat's a little tough. It's true. <laughs> Tastes funky. <laughs> It's like when beer goes skunky. Do the uh, do these wugs take notice of us? They do. Yeah, there's actually one who uh, is sort of looks like maybe a foreman. He's kind of watching all these guys sort of lash stuff up and pointing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is he, he a fiveman? No, he's just a foreman. He's like a three and a half minute. Uh, he's actually pretty short. <laughs> uh, but he turns around and he is carrying a spear with uh, like a large serrated tip slashed together and binds at the end of the spear. A castmate charmer mm-hmm. puts the hand up. We set it on fire. All right, we stop. <laughs> Hello. Anybody speak Aquin? I speak shotgun. Shit. Fresh <laughs> out. What languages do y'all speak? Uh, child. Nothing useful. <laughs> child babble. I'm not sure I ever like actually properly recorded it. I speak common, abyssal, and draconic. Yeah. I know that some people could speak like common Spanish and French. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty much what which I. It's actually like. really really helpful. Common with Spanish, yeah, 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 but I don't speak Aqua no. Yeah, you probably don't speak Spanish. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, he gurgles, and he gestures frantically over at his little hut, points over at the little bridge crossing the river, gets real upset, taps the spear. What's the matter? Levi will affect a concerned expression. And he gestures again over at the house. May I take a look? Can we insight to see what he is trying to convey? Uh, with a very high DC. Someone help me out here. Uh, I'm sitting right there. I'll try to help him out. Cool. So either a 16 
for a four. It's going to Jed's help is the yeah. four. <laughs> um, I think he's pointing at his house. <laughs> uh, yeah. most, most astute, Jed. <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you don't get exactly what he's on about. You do get the feeling if you try to cross the bridge without doing something uh, that he will have his bullywugs throw spears at you. Okay, uh, so Levi will uh, will step down and hands up. I'll just say, and help. He'll indicate again. Show me. He uh, he turns around and gurgles something to another one of the frog guys, mm-hmm. and he runs uh, down towards the lake bed, the riverbed. And he grabs something sort of dark in color from underneath some of the uh, the silt sand at the edge of the riverbed. Mm-hmm. And he starts tugging. And another one of the frog guys goes to help him when it takes him a little while. And what they're tugging out is a cauldron that's maybe like four foot wide. Okay. Full course light. Yeah. <laughs> Full of kitty. <laughs> and right. they tug this out of the silt and sand and overturn it and pour all the gunk out of it. And they tap the bottom a few times. And then they fill it with about halfway with water from the river and they pull it back over to their little house. This whole affair takes like a minute or so. Okay. And then they start piling up some dry brush underneath the cauldron and they wave you over. <clears throat> this can only go well. <laughs> hey, it's you, not Gideon. You I think they kids. want us to start a fire, which is something we at least have experience in. <laughs> well said. Very well. So, hands are still raised like this, so I'll, I'll go over to it. Alright. Well, this is a mighty fine cauldron you have here. They start to close how, ranks around how, you. How big is it? Uh, it's large enough that if you did a cannonball pose, you'd fit inside. Cool. And uh, it doesn't take an inside check to figure out. Once they close ranks around you, that's what they're trying to get you to do. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the foreman's got his spear behind you. And they're sort of like motioning you closer and closer to this cauldron. <laughs> is it time for Jed to negotiate? Uh, no, I'll, um, okay. I will uh, cast Sanctuary on myself. Okay. And just, and then take the, uh, the dodge action. Okay. And I'll just say, make me. Alright. Come on. Uh, can, you, can you bring yourselves to strike me? They can certainly try. It's a wisdom saving throw? Yes. Alright. Uh, so they've got six regular guys plus the foreman. The foreman's just going to go for it with the spear. I've got, I've got a bit of a plan. Uh, it's a hap- it's a harebrained scheme, but I'm going to say... The foreman's got a 20 total on AC. Well, you have to roll, make a wisdom check first. Oh, right, I did it with disadvantage instead for some reason. Uh, wisdom check is going to be a 15. That is enough. You, right. may, you may attack with disadvantage. Alright, I do, and it's a 20. 20 to hit? Yep. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, he rolls the rolls damage. Four piercing damage. Okay, I will use my reaction to make him take the damage. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he strikes you and he's like, what? I, I mean, I still take it, but when the wound appears on him, I will start speaking in abyssal. Uh, and he, he doesn't think they'll understand it, but he will sound intimidating at least. It's like, how dare you strike against an emissary from the heavens? The other guys. You are... committed blasphemy on this day, and you will let my companions leave. Lowly creatures. Um, I want to check something. How far away are we? Like I'm in the wagon. How far away am I? Like thirty feet. Can you set their hut on fire? Well, before you set their hut on fire, I'm going to. Uh... They still have some actions left to do before we okay. get to that. Um, yeah. They've got uh, six guys. I was going to help them out with a cantrip. That's why I was. Oh, well, we'll come down in a second because that might matter when he makes his uh, his intimidate check. Yeah. But. Uh, so oh, yeah. you got six guys. They're going to pair off the buddy system. They're all going to help each other, and it's going to be three guys canceling out your disadvantage, trying to give you the grapple check for the old heave-ho into the cauldron. Okay. Uh, these two suck, but this one's a natty 18. Okay, so make a wisdom check. Uh, oh, right, wisdom check. You can use those if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, so his heave-ho, then, is a 12. Okay, that's a, that is a miss. See, so, yeah, they start putting grabby hands all over you, but they can't seem to get you off the ground. Oh, well, that, well so they, they fail their wisdom check? One of them fails the wisdom, or two of them fail the wisdom check. One guy is able to swing. He gets a natural eight on his die roll to swing. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, is it like just in light of the guy taking a wound when he hits me, uh, others not being able to bring themselves to attack, and the other one just, just missing entirely, 
uh, Levi will try to use this opportunity to simply uh, look imposing and and just scare them off so we can hit you with that hot catcher. Um, yeah, I don't know what I have to roll. I just, uh, it's, uh, guidance? It's just, I don't think it's anything. It's just a, uh, an illusion. I'm going to create an illusion around him of like, um, like the ghostly image of a demon that's around his physical body. So it's like this red sort of like glowy kind that's of cool. thing right at that moment. All right, and, give me uh, a check with advantage. I don't know. It's clear. You don't have to roll anything. You just give him advantage. For it. I crit. All right. Yeah. Is that a one and a 20? Yeah. You got the old crit and shit. <laughs> so it's a total of 24. All right. Uh, yeah, they, they step back when they realize this. The foreman puts down his spear. The six, like, disperse. They break and just run into the river and, like, splash into the water and peace out. Anybody who remains, I'll, I will tell them to bow. And the foreman's like, he just books it. <laughs> he said enough of this shit. Good enough. The six guys go into the water and he books it the other way into the trees. Alright. And I'll just... Back to my hands. <laughs> well, I'll... First, like, stride all that confident. One of the guys had a rope that he was using to lash up things onto the reeds, and it actually gets tangled up on his ankle as he goes to run away. And he gets into the water, and he tugs down the fucking structure, and the whole thing just tumbles down. <laughs> the raft slides into the river, and then starts floating down the river. Ah, <laughs> oh, awesome. And you get in your wagon, and you head towards Redstone. And Luisa de Vega at this point is like, Who are you, people? <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, it's a long story. Is that again? Uh, he's the federal guy who's right. actually in charge of this cannon wagon. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Levi will say, Oh, just a few parlor tricks. Well, I have a few uh, handy diversions up my sleeve. And, uh, seems like you've, you had a little, tr- somebody had a little trick of their own. Mm-hmm. Whoever that was, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, All right. The wagon takes off, and at this point now you're getting pretty close <coughs> to Hope's Landing. You're starting to recognize some landmarks. Notably, uh, the Rocky Fucking Mountains, which are pretty obvious for me. Wherever you Rocky are. Fucking I think that's Mountains. What, that was, that's what the textbooks originally called. <laughs> yeah, the good news is, uh, in terms of like getting your actual bearings, it's relatively easy to be like, oh, we have to go north. There's the mountains, and we're gone. <laughs> it's yeah. real easy. Uh, which is probably how Gideon being, what, like you're 10, right? Um, it, it floats around, I think. I'm like, yeah, 10 ish. He's like, 10 or somewhere, somewhere in 10 or 12. Yeah. Adolescent. Pre ad. Pre teen. Pre teen. So he's, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why he has so little trouble navigating you as you get closer and closer to Hope's Landing, and finally you start to see the actual town proper. And you also see that they have set up another one of these little, like, outside of the town boundaries camps uh, for the Aaronites, which now you're starting to see all over the place in the West. Gross. And uh, it's just like a little, yeah, very yucky. a little canvas tent. It's probably like 12 feet long, maybe six feet wide. Looks like maybe living quarters for a priest and maybe two or three attendants. Uh, and there's some sleeping bags and small like lean-tos and stuff over there. That's what they've got going on outside. Those guys give me the creeps. Yeah, as godly folks go, they ain't right. I don't think they're even godly. They do get around. Like herpes. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> is, this, is this one? It's a sign of a good time. Herpes. <laughs> you, have fun. you can't even get herpes. I can't. No, he can choose to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, can't we all? <laughs> it's a if it's a fifty percent. It's a fifty cent upcharge to get herpes. Yeah. You get a souvenir. You get to take home. It's, it's like block. It's like bonus bumps. Bonus. Oh god. <laughs> Here, you can have those. Thank you. <laughs> speed bumps to make sure you don't ejaculate too quick. <laughs> They're only 25 cents Did on Sundays. Did you say speed bumps or seed bumps? So, yes. So in short, the Aaronites are finally here. They, they were yeah. not here before, but now they're... They did not have a, a prominent presence at Hope's Landing. Now they do. God damn it. But you happen to find your way to Hope's Landing. Uh, something else you find is you're rolling up into town. Uh, at this point, Luisa de Vega will get back out in front because mm-hmm. at this point, rolling into town with a cannon, he's yeah. got to be wearing some proper federal garb. Right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So he steps up to, to take the reins, literally. And as you're rolling up into town, you do see that it is uh, packed with what appears to be federal troops, here for the same reason Luisa de Vega is. Uh, there are mercenaries that have been hired. They're wandering around the streets with guns open holstered. And uh, a lot of like the regular milling about springtime traffic is not on the streets right now. 
Uh, looks like uh, it's not under martial law, like people are allowed to move around, but they're choosing not to right now. Hmm. This place is densely packed with some armed badasses. And boy bands. And boy bands. And Sync is here. <laughs> so this is, this is where we had the big fight. This is where we started. Yeah. This is where we started. This is where we blew the, pl- the place open with the cannon. No, yeah. that was uh, no. that was Rose Ledge. That was uncanny. This is where your very, very, very first session began, and you were only this here for the brothel. Yes, this is where the brothel is. This is where the big crying creep, angel statue. Creepy is. angel yes. statue. Right. Yeah, what is right. the creepy angel doing? Uh, I got I got confused because with Redstone and Dave's game being started town. I think I would like an insight check in regards to the creepy angel. She has the the really freaky smile. Last time we were here. Mm-hmm. I got it. It's Puck. She dice it later. She got a five. Uh, uh, 20. 15. Need better dice. Alright. Uh, you're 15. She is uh, clearly smiling, almost like she's concealing a smile. Okay. And what you get is sort of like an over-eagerness. It's almost like the, uh, the eustress kind of anxiety where it looks like she's anticipating something and she's smiling. Okay. And what was the lore of this statue? I don't remember. What's uh, the whole backstory? When they, when she is smiling, uh, pilgrims will come and like leave coins and poems and like burn incense and stuff like that, thinking that she's going to bless them on their journey or while they're starting their new life in the West. Uh, when she's crying, they stay the fuck away from it. You don't ask her for boons when it's crying. Right now, it's smiling, but kind of a gross smile. Yeah, the locals all think the statue's kind of weird and kind of gross. But it draws in a shitload of business, so they just kind of let it be. And nobody ever watches it move, but it changes frequently. Hmm. Weird. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I don't think I did this the first session, but uh, I'll divine sense on that statue. Uh, you don't get a ping. Worth, it was worth a ping. Yeah. It's, uh, the statue itself, by the way, it's on a pedestal about three and a half feet, four feet high. Uh, and the pedestal is just absolutely covered this time of year with all sorts of little buttons and emblems and tokens and poems and shit. Um, it looks like it's covered in basically garbage. The pilgrims come here and leave something personal to them. And since everything that's personal is different to every other person, it basically just looks like a big pile of shit that had been left on top of this pedestal. And in the areas surrounding the pedestal, and there's like kids play games down at the base of the pedestal while their parents are fawning over the statue. The statue itself is another like eight and a half foot high on top of this thing. So it's by far the tallest thing in the center of town. Um, it's actually taller than the height of some of the shorter barns and stuff on the outskirts. And the angel has uh, wings, obviously, but the wings are drawn in close to the body, so it's not super expansive, it's not huge. Uh, but it is very tall and slender, um, and it possesses this sort of otherworldly appearance to it that makes you think that somebody knew what they were doing. So I'll take my hat off to it. Hello, beautiful. Good to be back here. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I could certainly use a nice bed. Warm meal. I could use a nice meal and warm bed. Use a warm temperature whiskey. So Hope's Landing is, uh, at this point, booming. Uh, when you left it before, it was sort of early spring and everyone was gearing up. Since then, you've had adventures in the north and the south. At this point, it's like late spring, early summer, and that's when it really hits its stride because that's when all the caravans coming over the springtime thaw Rocky Mountains. Uh, are emerging from their long journeys. And so the place is densely packed with pilgrims and thrill-seekers and uh, settlers who are just trying to get the fuck out of the East Coast and finding their way over into the untamed West to start their new lives. And you see, it takes all types. You've got wagons, people who travel light because they understand how travel works. You've got people who are trying to bring everything with them from their homes and their lives on the other side of the mountain range. And so there's people that are trying to bring, like, pianos and wagons over the Rocky Mountains <laughs> or, like, china cabinets and stuff like that. It's fucking ridiculous. And a lot of these people have lost significant items from their past along the journey. Not just expensive things, but, like, family members, mm. pets, pack animals. Some of the wagons didn't make it all the way through. And it's a dangerous place, the Rocky Mountains, normally in real life. But in uh, D&D Rocky Mountains, uh, they also are infested with Ice trolls and winter wolves and remoras and all sorts of other horrible shit. Some of which you may have heard of or even seen on your way here. Uh, but it's the reason you don't live out there. You, you don't make a home in the Rocky Mountains. It's fucking terrible. Um, closest thing that I have to the Rocky Mountains that's actually settled in this world is Denver. And uh, Denver has a standing army of about a thousand federal men 
whose sole job it is is to like shoot manticores as they emerge from the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so you arrive at Hope's Landing, and you have a chance to basically settle in. This is your hometown, effectively. Uh, you know your way around, you know all the businesses, and there are a lot of them. And everybody's in business right now. Every storefront is in operation, and the town is constantly expanding during this time of the year. So they're like erecting new homes and new store structures and expanding city districts into other places. And what was in the early spring a population of maybe 500 people has sprung to probably closer to four or 5,000 people. Temperance knows this is fairly typical, although it gets a little bit bigger every year. Mm-hmm. So this gets is a, more and more popular. Yeah, it gets more and more, especially as like travel gets better and paths are better charted through the Rockies. More and more people come traveling into Hope's Landing. It's also sort of a novelty for people who are already in the West to come here and see the statue and all that sort of stupid shit. Tourist crap, basically. Yeah. Well, this seems like a fine time to sell my armor. Fuck that armor. Probably a lot of Yeah, he's getting tired of carrying it around all, all the time. Yeah. Time to look at it. He's looking to change his look anyway. Yeah. All right. Doing a makeover? In a sense, yeah. Looking forward to um, getting a good deal on this, and uh, well, yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you what happens when the time goes. But you see, he looks delighted to see all the people, and well, that means a lot of uh, money, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of potential buyers, and a lot of ways for certain things that he has now to get conveniently lost. Security here is also uh, much higher than it usually is this time of the year on account of the fact that it looks like. The message the governor is coming to town was received by not just federal soldiers, but also by a very large contingent of hired soldiers. Uh, not just mercenaries, but also the Red Rockade vests that you become accustomed to seeing when the Pinkertons are in town. Mm-hmm. There's a heavy Pinkerton presence, federal troops, mercenaries thinking they tough, you know, wearing all sorts of uh, like horse riding leathers and stuff like that, wandering around town. Um, what you do see is that the places serving booze uh, are getting absolute bank because just about everybody who's here for mercenary work drinks and so they are just selling as quickly as they can distill the booze the other industries in town are doing well but the booze industry is booming and that is uh, where you find yourselves currently you have a chance to settle and get your wits Aloysa de Vega uh, bids you farewell he's going to check in with his superiors and drop off the cannon mm-hmm. um, I totally see your character like I'm going to miss you. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like the cannon. It's like, like no. Uh, let, let go of the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Nope. Nope. You walk up and... Goodbye, <laughs> 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 I'm On the actual, like, the mount with the wheels, like, I just carved my initials, like, with a big heart. <laughs> <laughs> JB Hart's cannon. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, ten other hearts yeah. carved onto it. <laughs> but yeah, he bids you farewell. He says, uh, you know, maybe we meet again. When lives aren't on the line, that sort of deal. And uh, sort of leads himself off to where the Federals are gathering, which is in the heart of the town. Basically, it's Federals on the inside, Pinkertons in a ring around them, mm-hmm. mercenaries on a ring in the outskirts of town. And they, uh, they have some Federals that make loops back and forth to the main entrances of town to make sure the mercenaries aren't getting out of hand. But otherwise, the three worlds don't mix. And they try to keep them sort of separated so they don't get their like, fist fights the way that mercenaries and armies and stuff do. I'll give uh, Luisa de Vega a good hearty handshake on the way by, like, one warrior to another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess start mingling. All right. Uh, you were here to gather some information, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you betcha. Actually, I, I, I think of, I could think of a way that Jed could probably easily get some information. Um, should somebody right. burn the town down? <laughs> that was what I was planning. I mean, unless anybody has a better idea. <laughs> no, my problem's here. Ashes for clues. <laughs> uh, <It's> so efficient. <laughs> no, I, I mean, Go buy a sieve. <laughs> <laughs> obviously all these mercenaries are, are here because they're being hired as security, right? Yep. Can I take a temp job as security for the governor's arrival? Uh, yeah, I think you probably wing that. I need some sort of social skill to get yourself in with them. And uh, some sort of observational thing to detect who might actually be the recruiter. I can give you investigation and intimidation. Both of those seem appropriate to me, yeah. All right, I guess we should start with investigation as to figure out who it is I should be intimidating. All right. Uh, that's not very good. Um, you start beating up an old lady. <laughs> uh, that's only a 10, which I don't think is going to get there. Okay. Um, yeah, you're having some trouble finding somebody who looks like they are in charge. Uh, you find lots of guys who are like little mercenary captains and stuff, but nobody who looks like a big wig. Nobody's in like a nice suit. Right. Um, alright, well then, uh, 
you know what? My favorite bar is packed, and my favorite table has some assholes sitting around it. So I'm going to scare those assholes off, and uh, I'm going to intimidate them with advantage because I'm burning my inspiration. If somebody sees it, great. If they don't, too bad for me. Uh, I rolled a four and a one. How does I, that even happen? I like that, so I'm going to give you inspiration. Hey! <laughs> An eight. That's twice as good as the last roll. <laughs> Ten. I split the difference. Wow, these guys hate me right now. <clears throat> as you're coming out of the table, uh, you, you go to shake these guys down, and you do hear some of their conversation, and they're talking about... Uh, let's see, what the hell is his name? Uh, they're talking about... Jackie Chan. Mr. Aleo. Or Aleo. I don't Aleo. know what the hell we're doing. A L E Y O, Aleo. Uh, and they are saying that uh, Mr. Aleo doesn't want them shitty in the morning. They basically got to keep these guys sober enough that they're not going to wind up with a hangover in the morning. Um, and basically, like, they're about to start talking about Mr. Aleo mm-hmm. as you're walking up. And at that point, it's too late to stop your I'm a tough guy routine. Yeah. And you wind up cutting them off before you can get any helpful information about it. Yeah. Uh, which results in them being like, shove off. Yeah. <laughs> which with those roles, I and think I'm. There's like six to of do. them, and they're all armed, and like they've been in fistfights all week. I <laughs> <laughs> tried, man. Yeah, no, me too. We both failed. Mostly uh, you. Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go back He's to uh, home base. I'm gonna go over to my. Uh, it's the Mary Ram, right? Is the. Uh... It was the Mary Ram until this week. Uh, they've put up some fresh signage over the Mary Ram signage. Now it's the dirt hole. <laughs> the the sucking fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Jiffy Lube. <laughs> the in and out. <laughs> J.P. Morgan and Chase. Oh, <laughs> uh, There's some signage up. Skanker in for a skanker. In. <laughs> uh, the Emerald Dynasty. <clears throat> and as you uh, roll up to the Emerald Dynasty... Uh, you can see that the girls there yeah, are... Poor fried rice. <laughs> that's basically what they're doing. Uh, they are all uh, wearing significantly more than they usually do when they're advertising the goods. Mm-hmm. And uh, they appear to be like sort of breaking things down in a way that makes it look presentable for when the governor's in town. Basically, somebody said you have to get this place a little less skanked up before the governor shows up. All right, so this is not the uh, massage parlor in the front. No, this is more like, let's try and make this place look like a classy bar. And so that's their best effort at it. And they're not very good at it, but they're doing what they can to make it look like a place that people go that are not looking to get laid. Okay. Or at least not looking to get to pay to get laid. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to find one of the girls that I recognize and see if they need a hand. Uh, I mean, other people might need hands. <laughs> Jesus, temperance, what happened to you? Well, Thanks. You look like shit. Yeah, you have half your face and your tits burned off. <laughs> look, I'm looking for Mr. Andreas because he was supposed to pay me for doing all this. Uh, let's see. Give me a... Uh, just a straight d20 roll. No modifiers on it. This is just luck. Nope. Okay. Fuck. Bad dice. So Mr. Andreas... He hasn't been around these parts in a few weeks. Look, I'm just looking to get paid. He sent me off on a job. It was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. Don't say anything. I know. Can't say nothing. This is the classy establishment. Can't say nothing no more. Look, I just... It's a long story. And I need to find out where Mr. Andreas is so I can get recompense. Lots of folks looking for Mr. Andreas right now. Such as? Well, Pinkertons and sheriffs. Pinkertons looking for Mr. Andreas. No. They say what? Apparently he got missing. Apparently he hired a bunch of assholes to kill a deputy marshal. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Look, all working back. <clears throat> yeah, she doesn't have anything like clever to add to that. She's just sort of go work. So my goals are to acquire a new fine outfit, uh, some common clothes, sell my chainmail armor, uh, and I'll get some hide armor in case we travel 
Okay. Easy enough to do. Uh, trivial, really. Uh, go by the prices in the book. Okay. Um, going to sell them at the value? Yeah, I'm going to say yes in this one instance, just because the town is so hopping with people who are actually paying full price for things. I will even try to advertise it as like, like this is a collector's item. Relic from the past. Imagine how much you could get selling to a museum. Something like that. Yeah, it's not hard to pawn this stuff off. You are selling it in the right place at the right time. Awesome. I'll, do, I will, I'll handle the rest. Fuck you, bubble water. <laughs> you sit on the floor and think of what you did. Shoot it, it's Bob. Jet has a mini adventure on his own because he gets frustrated not being able to find a place to sit down and drink. <laughs> and then, especially the scene in the movie where like, he goes to sit on a bench and there's already people there and he turns around and all the bar stools are taken and he turns and there's a chair at a table so he grabs his drink and he turns back and it's occupied again yeah and then furthermore there's no rooms to be rented <laughs> nope and Jed doesn't maintain a house in so yeah. I saw that one. there's some lean-tos that are out next to the uh, air netting cabin go be a convert <laughs> I like to think that there's some like some drunk dope head sleeps in the mud outside of the uh, outside of the, the saloon and Jed just has to like put a bedroll down next to him. <laughs> you go to sleep in the mud pit and there's already a drunk in there. <laughs> Damn it. Don't steal from my bindle. <laughs> uh, Gideon, you have some um, stuff prepared. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to get myself all new duds. Um, very cowboy duds now. Ah. I'm more kid. Um, you know, Reaches and whatever, and one of those ponchos that you know they, they, they put over the big hat and just totally changing my look and everything. Um, and I'm gonna very boldly and bluntly go buy ammo for my gun. They don't stop, even though I'm 12. I don't know how much ammo. Come on, you're so today. I don't know what to, <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm gonna say 12. All 12 right. feels right. Yeah. Uh, if you're buying ammo now, let's just call it that this is the last, the next time that we paid the bullet tax because we haven't done that in a while. Mm, we just oh, okay. before. Uh, let's call it a party loot. Costs you six bucks to fire up everything and top off all your equipments. Okay. Some point I went from one hundred eight dollars um, to seven. I think I had to buy a horse. Yep. Yeah. I think that horse is dead now. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That horse is alive, actually. You didn't kill that one. Oh. So I have a horse. Yeah, horse. All right. Well, then I'm sleeping in the stable with my horse, I guess. Yeah. And uh, a couple other things we're gonna buy. I'm going to buy. I'm going to. Um, if they have such a thing, I'm going to buy a book of grammar. One of those old tiny books on grammar. Okay. And I'm going to buy myself some paper and some uh, pens and ink. I don't know about it. It's all quill ink at that point or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some of that. And um, I'm going to find a spot and write some letters and then go visit the post office. And I'll let you know when uh, I reveal what that's all about. Cool. Uh, All of your writing supplies, your book, all that stuff. Easy to find right now. Uh, It's a big thing right now for people to be importing from uh, England and France and Spain. And everything that has to do with being a proper Victorian is coming over. And a book on grammar is exactly what that would be all about. So you're able to find that easily enough. Uh, But they're also ripping people off because it's a way to be permanent proper. So we're going to call it uh, four U.S. dollars. And that'll get you your book on grammar, your lined paper. Um, Probably a book on penmanship, too. Okay. Throw another couple bucks on there. Throw another buck on there. 12 bucks for the whole thing. 12 is plenty. Uh, that'll give you enough supplies that you won't run out of calligraphy supplies like ever. And um, I'm going to find a spot. Well, let me do this. Okay, so I'm going to find out. This will probably have to be indoors. I'm going to... Actually, you know what? I'm going to save the actual writing for the evening. Once I have all my supplies kind of bundled yeah. away. Um, assuming it's daytime. It's probably still daytime. Yep. So while these guys are off drinking and porn and murdering people, whatever you guys do, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna Being find myself <laughs> I'm gonna find myself a fence post or a rock or something, and I'm gonna sit and I am going to watch that aeronite bit that looks like a hawk. Okay. If there's a place I can do that from up high, I will do that from up high, like a like a porch of a building. But if not, there's a like a church with a steeple. It's further away from the camp than you really want to be, but it is fairly high up. It's like four stories up to where the bell tower is. I'm not gonna go anywhere where like. I'll get in trouble, you know, where I'm not supposed to be for like blasphemy reasons, but if there's like a you know hotel porch or something like that, I'll do it from there. Otherwise, I'll do it from the ground level. Uh, closest thing you can get, there's like a boarding house. It's a two-story house. So if you're paying for a room, you'd be on the second floor anyway. Okay. Okay. 
Maybe, so if, if I'm in a reasonable place, I will either read read these books or the old books I still have. But one eye is going to be in that village. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Cool. And then we've got to what everybody's doing just to like unwind and become normal people again. Yeah, uh, have a nice meal. If I can get a bed, I will. I understand if I can't, if I have to sleep in some... If you want to bribe somebody out of a bed they already paid for, you could totally do it. But if you're looking for a place that hasn't already been rented, you won't find one. 